1: Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchermania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling, where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer, and Revolution Pro Wrestling, featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now, so head over to WrestlingMediacon.com. That's WrestlingMediacon.com. Support Wrestle Talk!
2: Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, SWAF Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm excited, Luke. Because Why are you excited? Because in two hours exactly, we will be in a little screening room in central London, a secret location. Ooh. And we will be shown the first episode of WOS Wrestling. This, this is
1: ITV's uh, relaunch. Of the World of Sports show that they did, now mm. rebranded as WOS Wrestling.
2: Which is hard to say if you say it quickly. Which you discovered. WOS. Yes. Uh... So the trick is focus on the W. W-O-S. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. No, I and like the, that. And then the OS falls in place afterwards.
1: Yeah, rather than trying to like WOS. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. WOS. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up, So Preston. we're going to do a screening of the first episode of mm-hmm. that. I really enjoyed the uh, the original relaunch that they did. Uh, the, the pilot episode. The yeah. pilot episode in New Year's Day? Was it New Year's Eve? Or New it Year's was day? New
2: Year's Eve 2016. I,
1: I couldn't remember because I remember I recorded it so I could watch it the day after whichever one I thought it was. Mm. Um, and I, I thought it was really good. And like the, the lineup they've got, the roster they've got is really great.
2: Mr. Will Osprey.
1: I was going to say you've got Osprey in there, Joe Hendry of this parish. We've also got people um, like Rampage and Nathan Cruz. God, Rampage is great. Rampage is
2: great. I feel like Rampage doesn't have the kind of exposure that he deserves so I yes. really hope that everyone like, you know, American viewers or lit fans of this show who will check this, check out WOS oh, right. yeah. uh They'll they'll be they'll get to become more familiar with Rampage, and he's just such a good worker.
1: And we've got Davy Boy Junior on there, mm-hmm. and our boy that we were praising on the Patreon podcast, Doug Williams. Oh
2: yes, a
1: real big st- Doug. I, I always want to say stalwart, but I can never really say that word right. I try to say, I actually try and say it on this
2: show. He is so important to British wrestling. Like mm-hmm. he he was one of those guys that all the, like the Ospreys and the Skulls and the at Juni- the Sabre Juniors now. Like, they... They would have been watching Doug Williams at little indie shows when the British wrestling scene was wasn't dead. The, the same size as it was now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some yeah, dead, dead's, dead's a harsh word, but yeah, because you still had like the FWA and exactly, stuff. Exactly, yeah, it
1: was alive, but it wasn't at like the level that it is now. No, like no, 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 it, it I suppose in comparison, yeah, mm.
2: like now at the moment, you know, it's good
1: by now, but that's because of people like Doug Williams and paving jo- the way, yeah, Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm. Fries, yeah. Essentially, I feel like we're repeating ourselves from our Patreon podcast, but can I use that as a segue? Go on plug then, plug the the Patreon podcast. If you want to hear me and Ollie talk about TNA Destination 2011,
2: it's Destination X. Des- what did I just say? Destination. Just Destination 2011. We
1: talk about Destination X as well on the podcast 2011, um, featuring AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels in the Meh. main events. Meh. Uh, we well, don't give away
2: all the views. Um, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. No. Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Oh, yeah, the Rob what Van... show are you talking about? <laughs> that was a good match. That was you? a good Enjoyed match, that? yeah. Why did I think Sabu? No, you're right. Because yeah. you said Rob Van Dam. That's... Usually Sabu
1: just follows. <laughs> but I wanted to use that as a segue to plug the Ramble Extra poll being open for Patreon backers who want to become a pledge Hammond. You can vote in the poll for what episode we're going to do next and $5 backers will get that episode in the middle of next month. But I thought it would be interesting to you mm. because currently... There is 2% in it. No, at the top. Because the top. a lot
2: of SummerSlams. I love a lot of SummerSlams, but one in particular. There are
1: four SummerSlams on offer 92, 2000, 2002, and
2: 2010. What? And 2010 was the Nexus show. Yeah. Of course, 92 was the one from Wembley Arena. Indeed. In the UK. Uh, 2000 is my favourite pay per view of all time. What you mm-hmm. know, from my youth. Yep. And. O2 is the fantastic Shawn Michaels return match against Triple H. And Brock V Rock. Mm. Uh, for the God, next... that HBK match is good. It is good. But I can tell you, I just want to
1: give you a okay, quick okay. update. Okay, okay, Because there is 2% in it at the top of this. Tell me who's leading first. SummerSlam, 2,000. Yes! Get in! At 34%, it is currently SummerSlam 2000, leading by 2%. Just 2% behind that, though, is SummerSlam 2010. Oh, no people want to hear us talk (laughs) about bad stuff. And going by a lot of the comments in this, bearing in mind as well, 2010 was suggested by Real Dan's Dan.
2: Bless his uh, heart. no. and there's, Dan. A, there's
1: a lot of comments that are just like, God, it'd be so funny to hear them talk about this. Because I've been like, I'm pushing this online. <laughs> I've been pushing this. Like, it's Ollie's favourite pay-per-view of all time versus the pay-per-view that nearly made him quit watching wrestling. Oh, God, wrestling. You're
2: right. It did. <laughs>
1: so it's like, it's all built around you at the moment. You're like the forefront of this month. everything, Luke? <laughs> This month's Patreon podcast. It's all based around your personal feelings
2: towards these pay-per-views. And it's not like, oh, we'll do it the month after. That's that's not how this works. It has to be from the month of it happening. So I wouldn't be able to talk about SummerSlam two thousand until a year later,
1: or twenty ten until a year later. And that's only if it gets nominated again. Aww. It might not get nominated next year. Okay, so well, let's
2: just see. It's in the SWAF nation's hands. Yep. We're uh, speaking of patron exclusive things. We're uh, we're sort of gearing up for our top five matches of the month podcast, Ramble Club, we certainly which are. is you know. Well, it's difficult because
1: G1. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, G1 has already had two five star matches from Dave Meltzer. Um, I think he's actually had more than that, but he's had two from one man in particular, that being Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Um, his match against Tetsu Naito and Hiroki Goto. Yeah. That is also in the uh, in the list, also in the running. Um, if you want to, if you update your scorecards at home of what might be in the top five matches, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali from 205 Live. Not sure that's going to make the cut. No, not not in G1 month. No, I was going to say that that that's going to struggle to make the month. Annoyingly, I've made notes on that one. Uh, the Golden Lovers versus Lij from the CEO. Against New Japan Show, oh, okay, Interesting. Uh, which apparently was awesome. Kenny Omega versus Cody from the G1 Special yeah. in San Fran. God, as, that was this month. Yep, Hangman wha-
2: Page and Juice Robinson. No, Juice Robinson and Jay White. Sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah. They were just, and Juice Robinson. It was the three way. It was Juice Robinson versus uh, Jay White versus Josh Barnett, wasn't it? Yes, that's the one. You done
1: effed <laughs> up, boy. <laughs> you done effed up, boy. Rich Swan versus Phoenix from Impact Wrestling. which uh, it's
2: not going to make it. But I think uh, Callahan Pentagon. I'm really pushing for that to go in
1: yes oh absolutely yeah from um, Slammiversary uh, Mustache uh, Mountain versus Undisputed Era a five star rated match from yeah. Dave Meltzer from NXT TV I think that'll feature and the two Kenny Omega matches but that's not even including like possibly Akada
2: matches in there as well yeah, I've oh, heard oh, the... like, so much stuff from the G1 really I've heard Akada page is incredible like a star making performance for Paige and I love Page. What you mean like Almas and AJ last week yeah yeah that kind <laughs> of star making <laughs> shut up uh <laughs> I mean, should people... I mean, people can send in stuff that we should watch, but we will pick it. Jeremy, whose surname we
1: struggle to pronounce, um, who always sends us in stuff from, like, Sendai and um, uh, Stardom. He's the most hipster of our fans. He has sent in some more Ramble Club suggestions. Oh, yeah? uh, For... Let me just bring up his email, actually, because he sent me an email uh, today Uh, saying that um, uh, Momo Watanabe versus Hazuki is the stardom match to watch out for July. Um, You'll have to watch that on Stardom World. Uh, And he said next month on August 12th is um, Mayu Iwatani versus Kegetsu, uh, which is on August 12th, and that's going to be an absolute banger, apparently. These syllables sound great. Also, I I meant to mention this earlier. Have you seen that um, Miko Satomura is coming over for EVE?
2: Yes, in September. Yeah, yeah. I think we should go to that I because think, well, I, those Eve shows are always very good.
1: Apparently, absolutely. But I, I, particularly, I really want to see Miko Satamora.
2: You know who was at the Eve
1: show last September? Who was at the Kate Nash. Yes, she was for Glow. That's yeah. right. She shot an glow, angle with them. Glow, Glow, Glow. That glow. is my wife's favorite thing to do whenever watching Glow. is To go Glow, Glow because she's like a little mini Kate Nash. Yeah, beautiful. That I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we haven't already got time to dive into Actually no, I'm, I'm going to dive into some correspondents Before we get into the show itself um, First up we've got this From Brock Batty who just sent an email Saying Luke was right I always mm. like those sorts of emails I wonder
2: how this one made it in
1: Hi Luke and Ollie. I just wanted to settle a disagreement you guys had Probably a few weeks back by now I'm a little behind on the rambles About how you pronounce Melbourne Luke was 100% right, it is Melbourne
2: Yeah I mean I, kn- I knew that I was just, uh, I was just- Ribbon.
1: Yep. I'm currently in the middle of planning slash paying for a huge trip to America at the end of the year, start slash start of next year, where I will hopefully get to go to the Royal Rumble. But I plan to become a Pledge Hammer once I get back. Keep up the slightly above consistent work and being the best wrestling podcast around. Aww. Shut the hell up, Luke. You guys are better than Bruce. <laughs> and thank you for recognizing my love for WWE. Please bring back the spoons. Love from Down oh, Under. Okay. rock I haven't got my
2: laptop with me. No. Can you make a note for spoons on Saturday? <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll do some spoon chat on <laughs> what Saturday. What
2: spoon? What Spoon each other absolutely, oh, I bloody love a bloody lover spoon, are mm. you a big or little spoon? uh, I start off as the big spoon and then I roll over because I get quite heavy <laughs> when I go dead weight, you don't want to be underneath no, me. absolutely my not. head in particular apparently is just too heavy, it just goes, Ugh, and it you know really presses into the back of anna's head, so. I'm the same way, but my wife gets too
1: hot Mm -hmm. and she's like, you fall asleep so quickly and my arm just like drapes over and then she's pinned and then she can't move. One, two, (laughs) three. I did a bit of sleepwalking last night, I'll quickly tell you this though before we go. Um, Because I was thinking, I had it was playing on my mind a lot this morning. So I woke up sort of in the middle of the night in my dream world, in in my sort of like altered reality Mm. of between sleep and between awake. I thought that a friend of ours, Tom, was in the living room and he was waiting for my wife to cut his hair. And then she, I'd say like a dick, just walked out of that room, walked into our bedroom and got into bed and started going to sleep. Oh, so I looked on. over and I was like, and I started like shaking and I was like kissing her back. And I was like, babe, babe, you need to get up. Tom's waiting to get his <laughs> hair cut. And she was like, well, I was like, Tom needs, like, Tom's waiting. He's outside. It's so rude that you've just come in here and tried to go to sleep. And she was like, no, it's okay. And I, lit- I rolled over annoyed. Like, yeah. I literally was like, I cannot believe you're doing this. And I rolled over annoyed. And she's, I was talking about this one. She was like, I had to check if you were annoyed at me because I, I, I was like, are you OK? And you literally went, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. And I woke up this morning going like, oh, I was annoyed at Kate last night because I thought she was meant to be cutting
2: our friend's hair and she wasn't doing it. Well, nice one, Dream Kate. I think that's Kate's fault. (laughs) I think so as well.
1: Right, anyway, let's get on with the show. We've got Smackdown to talk about, and it was... Well, it's a mixed show.
2: Where last night we got a segment that Paige set up. She announced it last week. She said she's going to reveal who AJ's next challenger is. There's no two triple threats where you have to win, and if you win, you face each other for the number one contender slot or a tournament thing. It's just... Paige, the general manager, the best general manager we've had in WWE for years. For <laughs> for for a long, long time. She's so good in the role, and she what about Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah, he was good. Yeah, but he always had that shame dynamic that kind of dragged him down. Paige is just like an unequivocal success for me. There have been times though with Paige, and I like Paige,
1: but there have been certain times with Paige where she has like a heel has come out and said, like, I want to do this, and Paige got well, I'm not giving you that. I'm just going to give you exactly what you asked for. Yeah. And it just makes her...
2: And that's not her fault. That's the writing making her look like a doofus. But it's still not a Shane McMahon. It's it's better than Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, so, AJ comes out to this, this... The page has got like a podium thing with a contract on it. And AJ's like, I, uh, I can beat anyone. I'm phenomenal. Are you going to get some? Isn't it? that what he says usually. And... Uh, Then James Ellsworth comes out and interrupts. And I forgot this was even a thing. I thought this was a really nice, neat callback to the whole AJ Ellsworth dynamic and feud. Because back then, Ellsworth was the baby face, if you can imagine such a thing. And then he
1: turned heel on AJ Styles.
2: Turned heel on... Oh no, on Dean, like Dean Ambrose cause yeah. Dean
1: Ambrose was the babyface,
2: wasn't he? And AJ was the heel at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I forgot that little wrinkle to it. Yeah. So yeah, James Ellsworth comes out and sort of does a comedy stoppage of Paige's big announcement, and that's when Paige's it's finally had. He's, she's had enough of Ellsworth. The Asuka feud's over. Don't know why she couldn't have had enough of him. Maybe before the whole shark cage debacle. And she gets security to come out and she says, you're fine. I've got two words for you. You're out of here. And they they literally carry him to the back and throw him through a door. And it cuts back to AJ. AJ's like, that James Ellsworth. But then Samoa Joe attacks him from out of nowhere and chokes him. Samoa
1: Joe and AJ Styles. Absolutely. And on the page thing as well, when you called her a a very good GM, she caught up with him backstage and was like, hey, I picked you because you're unpredictable. And Joe, and Joe like, "What are you doing out there?" And Joe's was like, well, "I'm being unpredictable." It's exactly why you picked me, wild card, this guy, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, AJ versus Samoa Joe, lovely stuff. It's what we thought we might get at SummerSlam, and I'm very happy we're getting it. This should be a corking
2: match. It's it, and we watched TNA Destination X very recently. We watched it last, m- no, this month for our Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast for Patreon people. And Joe was on the, the, he was the opener and AJ Styles was wrestling in the main event. And you just, it took me back to my TNA fanboy days when it was Joe and Daniels and AJ and uh, Beer Money. And just the idea, like as Joe walked off after he choked out AJ and the Kikina Clutch. Because it wasn't like a big hot go home angle. It wasn't a feud where you need set up for months. It was just... Yep, this guy's facing this guy. We're announcing a big-time title match, and that's it. It's very, very sport-like. And as Joe walked out of the ring, I was just... Like, I sort of stepped outside my own brain. And I was just going, man, look at that. Look at that. AJ versus Joe in a WWE ring in 2018 on one of the big four, no <coughs> on Summerslam. Yeah. At Summerslam, this is going
1: to be absolutely awesome. Joe looked really great as well; like he looked good last week when he was killing Ty Gillinger He looked awesome again today when he was killing r Truth. Very quick, very quick killing, quick killing yeah. of r Truth. A wrong killing, a wrong killing, if you will. And then he just looked great, just attacking AJ from behind, and like it was great because it felt very chaotic because they were throwing James Ellsworth out of the building. And it's not like they then cut back to AJ so you could see him being attacked. They cut back to AJ already being attacked. So it's almost like you as the viewer, it's like blink and you'll miss it. Mm.
2: It, it was awesome. It made it feel very chaotic. I get that. and But if it was me, and I, I enjoyed the segment, but you know, if I was doing this, I think it's a much better visual to cut back to AJ. AJ's laughing at Ellsworth, but in the background, you get that bit of Germanic irony where the viewer knows Joe's there, but AJ doesn't. I think that would... I, I always like that kind of visual. Of, okay. I'm standing behind you. going yeah. I get you, AJ? I, I certainly see what you're saying. I, I really liked this chaotic chaoticness
1: mm. of, of the segment.
2: And you mentioned the R-Truth match. The R-Truth match came almost immediately before this segment. And when that happened, I actually thought, well, the rumours and the reports have been it's going to be Joe versus AJ. But the announcements coming next i i feel like joe would be kept off until then if that was red herring man really good that that genuinely swerved me away i mean i always thought that was where they were going to end up but it did plant a seed of doubt it's very unusual to have someone wrestle and then be as the big announcement next
1: and not only that but the opening match between almas and rusev was set up because both of them we're saying, like, well, if, whoever wins out of this is going to be in line for the WWE championships. So they're almost setting that up there as, like, possible contenders. And then
2: it turns out to be Samoa Joe. It's just multiple little red herrings there before the Joe attack. Surprise, surprise. It feels like a lot of thought and effort has gone into how SmackDown will be viewed. Like, not just, like, the segments themselves are good, but the overall segments in the larger, arching structure of the show are also very well laid out. These two bits were very, very good, but unfortunately,
1: they were the only things I liked on this show. Oh, really? I, okay. I was not, I was not high on this show, but this I thought was awesome.
2: Okay, can I just do a, another shout out to Ellsworth because he's rather unceremoniously been dumped now? Uh, but you know, his time, his time has come. He's only got a certain shelf life.
1: We'll, we'll talk about that later in the
2: show. But uh, it, it, James Ellsworth comes out and he says, "I've lost to you three times." But you know what they say, fourth time's a charm. And AJ just goes, no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I that's, that's not a, that's same not a saying. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, James, as I well, thought, was really good in here. In his final moments.
1: And it mm. uh, had a nice little, nice little wrinkle to it.
2: But So, so the whole cut... Because Ellsworth is a comedy character. This was played up for comedy with Paige throwing him out. But then you've got a very serious AJ and Joe. And I read a few reviews online where people didn't like that contrast. Where you went from comedy into seriousness they Mm. thought it undermined the Joe AJ angle I personally loved it I thought it was nice to almost wrong foot you and drag it out and like you said it adds to that chaotic thing Mm -hmm. you can go from I mean that's how dramatic what's it comic relief you have comic relief to make the tension feel all the much more significant
1: Elsworth also had a really great line when talking to Paige, because the reason Paige more or less fired is because he started insulting her, and he just had awful Jerry the King Lawler levels of jokes where he was like, Look how pale you are, are you a ghost? Yeah, To really like. Uh,
0: dig, dig, diggity, dig, diggity so
2: smackdown opened with a limo pulling up backstage and i just thought well vince mcmahon's going to come out and introduce stephanie as the creator of all women and humanity and everything that's good in the world again but it wasn't it was miz and Maurice, and what we thought was monroe sky
1: I didn't go Vince I didn't think it was going to be Vince and Steph Because Vince was not going to come out to the B show my friend I he, I, was ex- I wasn't I was even expecting him to be The Miz But I was like a Ooh who could this be? Ric Flair I usually it at limos I think Ric Flair <laughs> But I was really pleased to see it was The Miz as the A-lister And I got actually I was really glad to see Maurice back as well mm. And uh, and then
2: when they brought him on Well what we thought was Monroe Sky I was like this is good I'm liking this And uh, this of course was where they didn't start A countdown clock to Miz and Maurice's... It
1: wasn't throughout the show. Right, okay, so... (laughs) Peeling back the kettle a little bit here. My Smackdown review had a very different running joke throughout it. Because I appear to have hallucinated this morning. Whether or not I had a bad meal last night. Whether or not I didn't have a good cup of tea this morning. Or whether my cereal just wasn't working out for me. But I could have sworn... That there was a countdown sign in the final segment of the show, it was like Ms. and Mrs will start in, and it was a countdown time to when it was going to start. I could have sworn it was there, and I had a joke about it in the in the review.
2: I had to go and re-record some of it because when I was trying to find the screen it, I was like, I cannot find this thing. It could have happened. It is not. It is not like out of the ordinary for a. See, this was on the USA Network. Their next show. Is this Mr. and Mrs. Premier? Sod off 205 Live. I yeah, wonder how well, that yeah, did this we'll, week. we we'll coming to that, yeah. Uh, and they, the TV networks will overlay their own graphics on. This is what my job used to be. Uh, they'll fire Chirons and the graphics would come up. Up next is this show or up later. And they could have had a. It was a premiere for a new series. So they very well could have put a countdown clock on there. And the feed you watched mm-hmm. could have been that one. But we've. Everyone else has watched a different theme. Absolutely,
1: I've not found it since. So I'm almost willing to say I just hallucinated it.
2: It's in my notes. I wrote it down in my notes, but clearly I imagined it. Because Luke made a really funny Extreme Rules uh, counter oh, joke. It was hysterical, and he had to take it out. And you'll never prove it. You'll never see it again. It's we, we don't usually have to fact check our own reviews. <laughs> like the news, we we you know like we try and find as much information as yeah, possible. Yeah, totally. But opinions, uh, yeah. you'd think that's kind of there for you already. You'd think that you'd, when
1: you take notes on a show, you could just write your review. But nope, apparently not. Apparently, I just made stuff up.
2: I well, oh, yeah. thought it was funny. Uh, to your point, though, about how many people watch 205 like <laughs> no one watches that show anyway, That's so it's fine, point. mate. Uh, Miz gets out of the limo, he gets a big pop. Maurice gets out of the limo, a pop. And then Monroe, or who we thought was Monroe Sky, is passed to Maurice by I don't know who, who else was in the well, limo. Didn't Miz go I was oh, did go he reach in? Into- yeah, yeah. And Monroe Sky got a big pop. Yeah, exactly. who we thought was Monroe Sky. Because they've been building her up. They've been building to this debut. Yeah. Yeah, they they uh, better debut than Sanity. I was going to say, so better far. debut than Elmus. Yeah, high flyer, uh, Monroe Sky is. Well, it's in the name, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if she's related to Rebby Sky. Is is she the, the godfather? The, I was going to say, you can't say the mother, because that's definitely no, Maurice. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, but there was some woke and hardy chucking a baby antics later on. I suppose there was, There were yeah. some hardy similarities here. Okay, so the first actual segment of the show which I think we're going to come down on different sides on, if you said you didn't like anything else here, was Randy Orton coming out and explaining his heel turn to everyone. He said last week, as he was beating down Jeff Hardy with that terrific earlobe tearing spot, that I'll reveal why next week. I'll reveal why I'm beating you up so much next week. And the reason was, essentially, you people... It was the promo that Roman Reigns should
1: really be cutting. <laughs> yeah, like, this yes, this, this really is the Roman Reigns heel turn promo of just like, I bust my ass for each and every one of you. And none of you have ever given me respect. I'm not some indie darling. I didn't come up through NXT. Oh, well, they technically did, but you can skip over that sort of stuff. I wasn't wrestling in front of 100 people in bingo halls. I'm a star. I'm a former NFL player. Blah, 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 blah. Is hey. that i think you played in american football no
2: didn't? i've never seen well roman reigns oh sorry i yeah. thought you were talking orton no well my point was this should right, have been right, the roman Reigns' right, heel right. turn promo
1: i did, and i thought it relied a little bit heavily on those sort of like buzzwords to while uh, rile up the internet like indie darling and yet yeah, the too sweet thing he and, said he didn't steal a cool hand gesture yeah, bingo hall and all mm. that sort of stuff but i thought this was an excellent promo i he thought, delivered it well yeah Randy orton looks like he cares and when Randy Orton looks like he cares he's much more entertaining to watch because there are times when oh man you can watch some wrestlemanias where Randy Orton is not in a featured match and he's like well he may as well not be there like mm. he is just he has sent out an avatar of himself just a robot that's gone it, out
2: there it's Luke Skywalker in uh, <laughs> Well, minor spoilers <laughs> I won't go into it. yeah he's just projected himself on the astral plane exactly that's what Orton's really good at yeah he, uh, so he's good at phoning it in i i think there is a hell of a character here and I think I'm on the same level as the Smackdown writers and Randy Orton I don't think it was fully communicated enough but if they're going this way I think it's excellent because at the end of the promo he starts to talk about how the fans are the real legend killers because and which was of course how Randy make it, made his name he came up Killing Hulk Hogan... Killing Hulk Hogan... But sort of beating up all these old-timer stars... As the legend killer... As the legend killer... Which was a fantastic gimmick... Great gimmick... gimmick. Like what a way to get someone over... As they're starting out... But he blames... He turns this on the fans now... And says you're the legend killers... Because I'm a legend... And you don't... You know... Cheer me enough... You cheer guys like Jeff Hardy... Which doesn't really fit into the narrative... But the, the, the indie star guys... And then I thought... Then he says... I'm going to destroy every wrestler... That you love... Starting with Jeff... Which is is the kind of thorn in my theory, because Jeff is not a young up-and-comer. But if Randy Orton was to turn the Legend Killer gimmick on its head and effectively be like, well, I'm the legend now, yep. and I'm becoming psychotically obsessed with no one coming up to take my spot, and he goes after young up-and-comers... I think that's an incredible character. I'm
1: in agreement with you, man. I'm 100% in agreement with you. I thought this was really, really great.
2: Yeah, so just like at the start of his career, he was taking out the legends. At the end of his career, he's taking out the young guys. And then at the the payoff to that would be to really put over a young guy. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope they do that. Like you said, it was a good promo he looks like he cares again. He's wanted to be a heel forever. Well, yeah, It's Ran- long overdue. I think
1: Randy has said in a lot of <laughs> interviews that he only really enjoys himself when he is a heel. Because, um, I can't remember who said this now, but said that one of the things when you're a heel is you don't have to be in shape.
2: Yes, this was Randy Orton. It was Randy Orton. Said it was this, Randy it? Orton on the Edging Christian thing and they that talked about a, a baby yeah. face body. Yes. Because you have to look good as a baby face. And you don't have to bother when you're a, a, as a heel. Yeah, look at Gargano with those abs. <laughs> yeah. And then look at... Kevin Owens was his example. Jericho in New Mm. Japan, and Autumn pointed out how much he loves
1: cake. Yeah, he did. Yeah, apparently as well. Jericho did um, back up your theory that he is
2: purposely putting on weight. Did he really? Yeah, he said on a podcast interview. Yes, I knew it. Yeah, because WWE. It's fascinating to how you know one would train for an acting role. Mm. You kind of have to have a similar mentality to how you train or eat and your diet as a wrestling persona. To get into WWE fitness. Yeah. Well, I thought Samoa Joe. Had a few more abs this week. He is in WWE shape yeah, at the moment. He's in SummerSlam title match shape. Absolutely. Uh, next we got a recap package of the women's pay-per-view announcement. Yep. I'm sure, that you missed com- it. I'm sure that won't come up again later in the show. Nope. And then we got Anvolade CN Elmas versus Rusev. And I was like, well, goddamn, here's a match I never knew I wanted. I know, right? This was set up earlier in the day between uh Lana
1: and Rusev and uh, Almas and Zelina Vega where they were essentially arguing over who should be the new number one contender to AJ Styles and they had this little disagreement and then they were like you know what let's go into the ring and find out who's the better man wonderful a fight to see who is the better wrestler this lovely stuff yeah, really yeah.
2: like this and then they had a really good match yeah and there was there's a really nice similarity there between Rusev and Lana and uh, Almas and Vega lovely just, stuff yeah it, it all works Uh so as you said They That they had a cracking match Almas and Vega So this is before the ad break Almas and Vega Do the tranquilo The dual tranquilo pose And the ropes And then a bit after that Rusev and Lana Do a turnbuckle pose Then an ad break Really nice Setting up mm-hmm. the, the mirror images Of the two acts And Rusev here <coughs> Excuse me Was a face Yeah an he- Out and out face mm-hmm. Yeah Which is really refreshing To see How they Have turned him So organically there was no huge moment. It was just, I mean, it should have happened months ago, but I thought they've, they've treated this very well. Rusev is, is in a good place right now.
1: And the commentators were putting over the fact that Aiden English wasn't out with him, but English did make his appearance because Vega and Lana got into a little scuffle. English ran down to try and stop this fight. And in the melee, accidentally got knocked into Lana and everyone sort of fell down. This distracted Rusev and allowed almas to hit the hammerlock ddt for a win a big win for almas um and i thought he looked really really great here and this is again it's building off that match with aj styles last week use that as like your starting block and you're building up from this now thumbs up to all yeah i
2: thought rusev was protected yep and almas also looked great in the match and he got the whim. He beat a number, a previous number one yeah, contender to yeah. the WWE Championship. And how great was that spot when Almas does the overhand chop on Rusev, yes. and Rusev just looked at him like, "You done effed up, boy." boy. <laughs> and it, <laughs> I was just like, "That happened." I was into the match already when that
1: happened. I sort of sat up a bit straighter. And sometimes when Almas does like his spinning back fist, mm.
2: it just it's so good. He's awesome. And uh, that. The, Almas does the run into the corner for the double knees, but Rusev was up like a shot and hit him with a matchka kick. That was kind of the spot where English then ran down. Yeah. Uh, so the, this was the first encounter TV match. They they did it perfectly in that so much was left in the tank, and they've got it was still a really fun match. I I I would love to see this develop into a, a long time rivalry. Yeah. Um, but not. Not any time soon. You know what I mean? Like, I, d- I think this is a really good backburner feud. Yes, yeah, so you don't want to do this as their match at SummerSlam. I don't want to see it f- in and out for the next three months. <laughs> well, I don't want to see it five times in the next couple You're of watching weeks. the wrong company. Yeah, means. yeah, I know. Um, and then uh, backstage, Lana and English were-, were arguing. Yeah, and Rusev walked in and went,
1: shush! And uh, told them that not- perhaps neither of them are good enough for Rusev Day, or good for Rusev Day? And he walked off on his own, leaving Lana and English to be like, "What? Oh, what's mm-hmm. going
2: to happen next?" So, so what? What oh, do I, you? I think was going to say,
1: "What?" Well, I'm an idiot, really, because I just said this is not a summer. It could be a SummerSlam match. It's not because it's going to be Rusev
2: versus Aiden English on the kickoff show. Yeah, that's that's what I've always <laughs> stuck with. I'm I'm sticking with that. They, they do seem to be building that way. I, I, uh, like I always thought. The money is in English Lana and Rusev as a trio. Like then you get mm. the best of all of it. But seeing Rusev here with Lana, yep. I just, just, oh, yeah, it's actually like quite a nice simplified act. And they have the same t-shirt. And they got the same t-shirt. Even though Lana doesn't have the Russian accent anymore, She's still got the Russian flag on her t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, people, you know, people live in America; they lose their accents. Hey man, like
1: Rusev was Russian. He just had a Bulgaria tattoo on his arm. Yeah.
2: But now he's Bulgarian. Now he's Bulgarian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: These things just happen, man. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I, what? Yeah. What do you want to see from Rusev Day going forward?
1: Well, I don't really know because I really liked them as a three. I, I never. I don't think we ever really got to see them as a three-person unit. No, we just like we saw it in one segment and then that was more or less it. And I would have liked to have seen to get a bit of a run with them. I'd get a bit of a run with those with Rusev and Aiden English as a tag team. I thought we could have had a nice run with them. And it's, it almost feels like Rusev Day is an act that they've just never really bothered with. Mm. And, now the, and now it's got to a point where no one really cares about it. So Oh, I disagree. Well, the Rusev Day channel is over, but you and know, I were talking about how like, this act should have been capitalized on months ago. Mm. And I think that point now where it's kind of like cooled off a lot. So I think it's a point where it's like, well, we'll just break them up then. And as it's almost breaking them up before you've even done anything with them.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not like they were a, a force to be reckoned with. Yes. Well, and they had the potential to be like an upper mid card semi main event they, spot they, of they, just winning matches by cheating. They
1: yeah. had a chance to be like you know a real store you know a real figureheads mm. of the tag team division. Mm. They really had an opportunity to be, able to. or just, just
2: as like a single star, like intercontinental title or US title level. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, but this was all very good, so that's two good things on the show so far. I'm just curious. I wonder which tag match you're going to go against. (laughs) It's not really the tag match, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. So, next up, we had Samoa Joe beating R-Truth. R-Truth and Ty Dillinger were talking backstage beforehand, because, of course, Joe choked out Ty last week, and Joe beat Truth in seconds. Pretty much, yeah. This is Truth's first match
1: since WrestleMania. And, oh, uh, he was in. He was in the Royals. I he? believe so. Yes, um, and uh, they were putting that over on commentary. And yeah, Samoa Joe won very, very quickly. Uh, mm. Good little showcase for Samoa Joe, and is similar to the time match last week where both of them kind of got a bit of fire, but the moves were had. were, you know, they didn't. They weren't very effective.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing is super effective against Joe. It's no, just exactly. Like, that wasn't very effective. <laughs> that move wasn't very effective. Joe unleashes. Yeah, Kikina Clutch you lose all HP.
1: Uh, backstage, Asuka was um, staring at the uh, Evolution pay-per-view logo, and then she cut a very excited promo about how she's excited for this pay-per-view. Um, and we, she said she's going to be fighting Billy Kay tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no,
2: no a, a bit goofy. Like, very that's, goofy. That's not the promo I want from Asuka.
1: No. Uh, and then Iconics also cut a promo about how great Evolution is and how it's going to be really, really cool. Um, but it's really weird as well because... They cut a promo, on this cell phone promo, where they essentially said, like, look how great we are. We beat Asker which means we're better than Asker. And I thought, this is a really solid act. Apart from it's what Carmella's also doing. So it doesn't work. You've essentially just copied what you, uh, Carmella's been saying for the past couple of weeks and put it onto different characters. Mm. Um, and then Asuka beat up Billy Kay quite easily. Is think- it not Peyton Royce? No, it was Billy
2: Kay, mate. Okay. They are, are you sure? they are very different people. Just googling what Peyton Royce looks like. Yep, yep, you're right. It was Billy Kay. <laughs> I, I was just looking at Peyton Royce.
1: I know I'm right. Um yeah, they are very, very different people. I just wanted to Google Peyton Royce. <laughs> the, I think that WWE are gonna have to try a lot harder to rehab Asuka um after
2: Money in the Bank and Extreme Rules. For uh uh, two days that w- have been very focused on an all-women's pay-per-view announcement. Not any good women's wrestling matches. No, we had th- uh, three, um, and none of them have really been that good. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then we got a Shinsuke Nakamura promo a on his great phone. great Shinsuke Nakamura promo. Short and sweet, really good.
1: Really loved that. And like, particularly when he said, uh, Jeff, can you ear me? Can yeah. You,
2: can you hear what I'm saying? And then he was like, oh, no, you've been bitten by a viper and <laughs> nearly did an impression. Then I thought, oh, actually, <laughs> <Whoa>. that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, let's stop that. Again. Let's cut that off. <laughs> uh, Ms. Mer- uh, Ms and Maurice were backstage getting some photos taken in a pseudo press conference style. Mm-hmm. They had it all like red carpet thing for their premiere later. Then we got the page and AJ Styles bit just on um james ellsworth just uh, let's let's put a little bow
1: on the james ellsworth 2018 stint of you know if this really is the end for james ellsworth because surely there could be you know more opportunities for him to just come back maybe he can sneak into the building i've even seen some people online joking about that maybe he'll come out as a female wrestler and they'll build that up to a match at evolution yeah because what what better way to do an all women pay-per-view than and have a male wrestler on it
2: in drag Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, if you really want to honour WWE's past in the division, (laughs) you you really should. Exactly. Um, Santina better come out as well. (laughs) They can have a really good Rock Hogan (laughs) stare-off. Doing the side-to-side, I like
1: that, yeah. Um, But on the the James Ellsworth thing, I was really... If this is the end of Ellsworth, I'm really disappointed that this is how they chose to end it. Because Ellsworth was essentially brought back... So that they could give Carmella an out In beating Asuka twice yeah. And then Asuka's got No, nothing off the back of that mm. Like, Paige gets to Fire her, fire him And and, um, and Security gets to throw him out Like, Asuka doesn't get any form of revenge on him For costing her the Smackdown Live Women's Championship On two separate occasions It just seems to make It makes her look a bit lame um, And it just makes the whole thing a, a complete waste of time, really
2: Yeah, yeah, at the expense of yeah. As well. it's yeah. like
1: reading a book that destroys all of its characters and then doesn't have a final chapter
2: yeah it's it's yeah it's no good that stuff um, it, I that just, would have been a better use of else i word. thought it was really really bad really i um, sticking with carmela though she turned up at the end of like Paige was flustered and she said to joe hey stop being so unpredictable although you know unpredictability <laughs> is awesome yeah and then carmela turns up I think she missed her cue Because Paige was looking Paige was like Had the bit Now look flustered For ten seconds Yeah Which was just her going Oh no Oh I'm going to put my hand on my forehead Put it down again Where is Carmella Oh dear Just a few more seconds Okay Carmella's here now What what a day I've had Yeah camera's still on me Damn it Uh, And then yeah Carmella walks in And she's like Well I'm annoyed you've got rid of Ellsworth She wasn't that annoyed. I was going to say, she moved past it very, very quickly. But that fits her character. Yep. She was only ever using Ellsworth.
1: And then said um, that she's going to
2: be the champion up until Evolution, and God, I hope not. (sighs) And I'm going to beat Becky Lynch now. And that turned into Becky Lynch versus Carmella. This was a non-title match, but in that awful stipulation, if Becky could beat the champion, she would get to fight for the title at SummerSlam and Becky won in about five minutes.
1: With a fluky disarmor out of nowhere when Carmela do- when Carmella dominated the majority of the match.
2: Oh I don't know. I think it was it wasn't fifty fifty, but it wasn't dominating either way, and Carmella tried to cheat early on, putting her legs on the ropes for a roll up and I wouldn't call it a, a fluky Right, I thought it was a roll through to get her into the disarm. but
1: she was being dominated the entire time
2: and it was almost like she, she
1: just dominated. she just managed to lock one in like Becky didn't have a comeback she didn't get to like show any fire she just I, I felt that Carmella basically took the entire match and then I was just like well brilliant because the Carmella character again makes no sense because Is she crap or is she good? They cannot make their mind up. She could only beat Asuka because of James Ellsworth's interference. They kept saying, like, she is not on Asuka's level. She cannot beat her because she is a joke champion. And then here she is just dominating Becky Lynch. I'm like, cool, so Becky now looks like a complete chump. And Carmella is crap or she's good? We don't know. So how you could possibly care about this match at SummerSlam?
2: I thought this was an absolute disaster of a segment. I mean... I I don't like it, because you know, beat the champion to get a championship match and it's it's not a five star classic. But uh I I mean Becky Lynch is going for the title, that's a positive. But Becky Lynch has been like the build-up to Becky Lynch is that look how
1: awesome she is. She's been going through the SmackDown women's division, she's been she's beaten Charlotte Flair, she's beaten Iconic, she's beaten Abstitution, she's beaten all these people, and she's done it in a dominating fashion with a disarmer. And here she goes with Carmella, who is crap, we think. But I don't know if they know, but I think she's crap. And then she's like, "Oh no, she barely eked out a victory over here to 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 qualify for this match." I just none of it made sense. I don't think so.
2: see, that's where we're we're conflicting. I don't think she she barely squeezed out a victory. Carmella was trying to cheat from the get go. It was only a five minute match. It wasn't like a a dominant. I don't know, man. I don't think Becky looked. Becky did not look good coming out of this. But yeah, for for me. But I, you know, I'm not saying that this is a good segment. It was still (laughs) a crap segment. Uh, then we got the Bludgeon Brothers promo. It doesn't matter who wins the SmackDown Tag Tournament, because we're going to bludgeon them anyway. There'll be a bludgeoning. Oh, bludgeon this, bludgeon. Ooh. Ooh. And do you want to take the next bit away? Uh, New Day beats <coughs> Sanity. Um, in, oh, come a, on, a, a well, who could, Come on well, with I, some pizzazz. Well, no,
1: because like it's gone to the point now where who could possibly care? Yeah. Like Someone pointed out to me today on Twitter that Sanity, as a team, have not had a win on TV. They won their pay-per-view match but and eric young won last week but as a unit they have yet to actually win um they're just like they're, they're awful i guess they're just crap and no one should care about them and they and I like, at the end of this um the bar made their return to tv the usos were doing commentary and new day and usos got into the ring and the bar came out and they were like we're gonna win fella because we don't set the bar we are the bar and sanity were nowhere to be seen they just absolutely disappeared into the ether because don't care about them they're useless and they're not worthy of being on the Smackdown roster. A a waste of time. What was the point of bringing them up?
2: Yeah, a waste of time, a waste of talent. Absolutely.
1: as A group you really could have done something with. And it's just like, we're now a few months into this experiment and it's just been a complete disaster.
2: So maybe... They'll reboot them somewhat if Nikki Cross comes up. <laughs> but just but imagine the if damage we're, has already we're been at done, this yeah. point where we're like, God, this team needs a reboot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, They've been it's on TV for four weeks. It was Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane as the combo, which I thought was quite interesting. No Eric Young in there. So maybe the, maybe they're trying to protect it. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. And it was Woods and Big E. And yeah, Woods was Woods, Woods was worked over for a bit. And then New Day did a really good comeback. It was over in five minutes. Well, that's the other side of this. the Smackdown show and the reason I wasn't
1: that keen on it is aside from the Almas match there was very little wrestling like good wrestling on the show Mm. like it was just all five minute matches that really meant nothing Um, the Samoa Joe match aside nothing really felt like it meant anything on the the show and this one is a tag title tag title tournament that's just it's over in four minutes like what was the
2: point yeah, and you you look at SmackDown's tag division. So Bludgeon good. Brothers as the champions. You've got the Usos, the New Day, the Bar, Sanity, Gallows and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson. That is six teams there. That is a hell of depth. You can have a title feud and a secondary blood feud slash number one contenders feud going at the same time, and they really should do why not drop something else on this show to make room for a larger match and a bit more fleshing out of the division because clearly Vince McMahon is in a, a
1: period of his life where he doesn't care about tag team wrestling mm. and just thinks that tag team wrestling is rubbish and you, you can always see this within the show because oftentimes they'll be like tag team wrestling is really important we're going to push it because Vince has decided let's start pushing some tag teams, let's like have a tag team feud and then after a while he's like because he's never liked tag teams by all accounts that's one of his least favourite forms of wrestling so now he's just like nah no, I don't like by tag teams again, so don't give them anything,
2: yeah. Because you look last year and from July through to December, really, SmackDown's big saving grace while Jinder was champion was the new day in the Usos, yeah. And that was when t- tag team wrestling was a thing back in WWE. But yeah, you look at it now with all the talent they've got, it's really being wasted really over bad. on Raw as well, yeah. But well, they haven't got the same depth,
1: absolutely. And it, it's you know, sanity thing, it's, it's like the Roman Reigns. Going into SummerSlam There's no point Getting angry about it Because what's the point mm. It's
2: just It's deflating And really disappointing But the bar returned The bar returned I mean It looks like It's going to be The bar versus The New Day I'd imagine Yeah Yeah I guess You could make A Uso's New Day uh, Final um to play off The SummerSlam stuff Last year But I, I don't think They'll do that The way they presented The bar here And
1: I just like Again And I, maybe this Would make me sound Far more cynical Than I, I want it to be haven't we already sort of done this? Haven't we already done like the bar versus the uh bar versus new day? Didn't we do this a lot, like when New Day were and the bar were on RAW? Like haven't we done this a lot already? And Oh, it's been a while though. It's been like eighteen months since that happened. And haven't we done a lot of the Usos versus the New Day? And haven't we already done the New Day and the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers? Mm. Like when you had sanity there it was like, oh, this is new and different. I always said about the Bobby Lashley Roman Reigns thing. It's like you had all these options to do something different, and you've just gone with the same old, same
2: old. Just gone into that groove you've already carved Yeah. But the main event was uh, what the countdown timer was counting yeah. down to for the whole show. It was there. That hallucinating oasis. It's like that uh, countdown Sin-
1: Sinbad Kazam. We're not getting into
2: that. <laughs> it was Ms. And, Ma- and Mrs. is the name of the show, which is the Ms. and Maurice's reality show, or apparently it's more like a sitcom. And they there's a cute skip backstage where Paige was meant to get a babysitter, and it's just Sinkara who walks out. Yeah, he's holding nappies. Yeah, I d- I thought that was really funny. And Miz is like, what kind of babysitter wears a mask? And that was it was good. So Miz, that sets up Miz taking the baby. Out to the wrestling ring himself in the sort of what do you call those things like, like a front a, like, backpack?
1: Yeah, like a carrier. Think, yeah, sort of
2: thing. I'm, I'm my first note I'm like, pretty sure that isn't a real baby. Yeah, it's like Roman Reigns' armour, but with enough space. Yeah, if Roman Reigns was a kangaroo, that's where he'd put his child in this sort of armoured vest. Hey, they haven't tried that to get him over yet. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. Get you know, get onto the furries lovely he's the big dog exactly <laughs> it's kind of a kinky name already and yeah I, i've written i reckon it's a dummy dummy baby yeah because so, like why would you bring a baby out well i did that think, cry in front of a live crowd did, for a promo i thought
1: they were gonna have these big headphones on on the baby and then we shouldn't have the headphones i was like yeah it's not a yeah, real baby yeah.
2: then this is almost like um american sniper levels of that <laughs> but then i was kind of like well, what are they gonna do with the baby they're not gonna like Body slam the Miz onto the baby, are they? While people think it's a real baby or play it up as a real yeah. baby, and that's your big hot go home angle. Daniel Bryan killed a child, <laughs> vegan
1: Daniel Bryan. But no, instead, Miz tried to show clips from uh Miz and Mrs., but instead, it had been re edited by Daniel Bryan to show all the losery things that Miz has done over the years. Uh, And then it cuts back to Daniel Bryan. He was like, all right, re-edited that. Or he said, I don't know how that that footage got re-edited, but oh, well, it did. And I should apologize to you, but I'm going to apologize to you face to face. Mm. And this did lead to perhaps my favorite thing on the show, which was when Bryan beat up the security guards, walked up to the red velvet rope,
2: unhooked it, walked through and put the hook back on. That really made me laugh. It's, that's Captain America levels of babyface. Oh, it's wonderful. Re- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what needs to be done, but I'm going to respect the rules.
1: Here. <laughs> this is a red rope. Red ropes mean something.
2: Yeah. Uh, would anyone like to get off this elevator before I kick everyone's ass? <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of guy Daniel Bryan is. Back to this trailer. I just thought it was a normal trailer for the show. <laughs> I one. At one point, I was like, "Oh wow, they're going to recap Miz's career about how he got yeah. started. That's interesting." Like, I didn't really, I never found this really offensive at any point. I thought, man, if this is your way to really get to Dan, like to get to the Miss Daniel Bryan, you're just too nice. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got to stop pulling those verbal punches. It's it's this was fine, but I I thought there was a lot more they could draw on for. Th- to be this far out from it for an actual match between the two
1: well the other side of it as well is that this was the main event of the show the main event of smackdown this week was an advert for Ms and missus but i mean it makes sense scheduling
2: wise though because it is the next
1: program right cool i get that but like this never felt like this is building towards the daniel Bryan miz match at summerslam this felt like we are just doing this to promote the show that's coming up later
2: and it so, needed a hotter angle.
1: Yeah, so like nothing in this, nothing what happened here is really matters. All that matters is that you tune into the show that comes on after mm. this, not 205 Live on the WWE Network, which you have to pay us to watch. Watch this on, on TV for free instead. And I, I, I said this in my reviews, the WWE cannot promote 205 Live to save their lives, but they dedicate an entire segment to Miz and Mrs.,
2: and little bits throughout the show. And little, uh, yeah, and exactly.
1: that countdown timer. Like, and the countdown timer and everything. Like, this whole show was built around promoting a show that was happening afterwards. Mm. Nothing
2: on the show mattered other than you watch the show that happens afterwards. Which I imagine is going to portray Miz as quite a likable human as being. As a baby face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a peculiar one. Brian gets into the ring, Miz throws the baby. To Brian Of course Brian's like Oh my god So kind of that's the echo Of the old What was it called? It wasn't ultimate deletion It was the first one The final deletion which when okay. Rebby Sky chucks the baby to Jeff And like what's wrong with you And Miz uses that to attack Brian and hit the skull crushing Finale he reveals that even the That was a dummy and even the baby Backstage was an actor I ruse. would never bring my baby To your hometown yeah. I thought that was a nice heel bit it was, But yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't a good finish for the show Yeah make sure you watch Miz and Mrs That was yeah. essentially the message of this show so you gave it a, Ellsworthy. So a two out of five. Yeah, I'd give it a three out of five. I,
1: yeah. I, and I certainly don't think you're wrong in doing that. I think that the sanity uh, stuff and the the Becky Lynch stuff in particular it's a real sour note in my mouth. because like it was the, the second half of this show was and it was just like it was one segment after another and i was like i'm done with this yeah um but i thought the alma stuff was good uh and i thought joe attacking aj was good orton's and, heel and orton's, Yep. i did get a tweet from someone today saying like pretty sure he's a tweener yeah
2: yeah it's just randy, <laughs> just doing randy, randy orton, orton doing randy orton doing randy orton things out of nowhere yeah um
1: so i thought the show was poor mostly but that's again it's how you leave them folks and it left me uh not feeling great about the show but the first half was pretty good Michael, ooh, hello, uh, Gendrau, maybe? Go with that. G-E-N-D-R-E-A-U. Yeah, sure, Gendru maybe? Yeah. Um... Have you ever been in the ring with a hardcore legend? Hi Luke and Ollie. my name is oh, you go, Michael Roberts and I have a story here for you. <laughs> One day my friend Bobby and I bought tickets to an indie wrestling show near us because Rey Mysterio was on the card, it's the same show he injured his bicep on. Ok we so s- March this year. Yes, We saw that they had meet and greets for the Young Bucks along with the hardcore legend himself McFoley. So my friend and I bought photo ops to meet him, before the show we were waiting in line and noticed there were a tonne of bullet club shirts but no Foley shirts. Just Bobby and I were wearing Foley shirts. So when we finally got up to meet him, he asked my friend Bobby to follow him. So Mick takes him over to the Young Bucks and he says, see, I'm still <laughs> over. He was the nicest guy and happy to see (laughs) us wearing his shirts. Later on that night, Josh Briggs was having a match with a two-on-one disadvantage because of some dastardly heel tactics. So during that match, Mick Foley came out with Socko and even the score. After the match, Mick then cut a promo about how many Bullet Club t-shirts were there Hmm. and and how little Foley shirts there were. When he mentioned his shirts, Bobby and I stood up and started cheering. Mick then pointed to us and said, there they are. GET IN HERE! My friend Bobby and I looked at each other in excitement and he told us to climb over the barricade and get in the ring. So we did and he went on to say how fans like, us, fans like us are the reason he's still over. He also looked into the camera and told his wife that he is still over. When we walked to the back with him we had a nice another nice conversation. It's truly the best time I've ever met a wrestler. PS photo included, feel free to show it off. Also Mick was in pyjamas because he left his actual clothes at home so he wore those clothes for the next couple of days. That's that's not an excuse, and that is a photo of Mick with our friends there. Wow! And he is in his pajamas. They look like to be Disney pajamas as well. Yeah. But he has got a nice green uh, uh, check vessel. Yes. So a guy well, there that's is peculiar, yeah, and a the guy there is wearing like the classic cactus Jack t-shirt as well with the wanted poster, a t-shirt that I really, really do like. So thank you very much, Michael. That was an excellent, excellent Russo page. Hey. That's a great story. Ah, hey.
2: oh, what a nice guy Mick Foley is. Yeah, because my one, enc- well, I've had two encounters with him. Uh, one, it was just a normal signing, and that was just normal. Mm-hmm. You know, had a long line of people. He was seemingly very tired for a stand-up show he was doing. And the other time, I walk into where I used to work, which was which had lots of radio stations beneath me, and you know there'd be all the big people in there. That I'd walk in and I'd see Professor Green wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't care, go to the side, Professor Green. I'll walk in and there'll be the Wanted, <laughs> and I'd be like, the, the Little Mix once asked me if they could use the loo. Which one? All, for, all of them All of them? All of them In unison In unison, yeah, they all said it They <laughs> sung it and danced it <laughs> No, one of them asked And they were all there And I said it's through there Rick Edwards But uh, Would uh, comment on the, my lovely jumpers Once again, which <sighs> one of Little Mix? Oh, I can't remember <gasps> This was before they were big Like, they had one X Factor And then they disappeared for a year And it was in that disappeared year Yeah that they, uh, And then they came back awesome Yeah Um. And they are tiny they're they wearing really? heels i think zelina vega's got a good foot on all of them <laughs> combined like if they're on top of each other's shoulders yep. vegas taller like muppet man yeah but uh one day i walk in and i walk past that walk go over to the lift and then double take what like the goat, the goat in the in aquaman, aquaman trailer, trailer. <laughs> <laughs> let's end the trailer on that one that's that's strong enough to leave people with that impression and there's mick foley just sitting like a regular guy on the like the couch, no one ever sat there, and I went, I just like looked back at the lift and thought, no, no uh, is it? And I looked back, it was, and I walked over to him gingerly, and I said, "I'm such a big fan, sir. May I shake your hand?" Oh! And he went, "Of course," and he shook my hand, and I went, "Have have a nice day." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what <laughs> up, but I, but he was he, he was doing an interview for Kiss Radio apparently for... I mean, that, that's the
1: peak uh, Mick Foley audience, really, yeah, isn't it? On yeah. Kiss FM, R&B, <laughs> 18 to
2: 24 demographic. They
1: love R&B and Mick Foley. Yeah, like Usher, Usher.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> Mick Foley. Yeah. Little
1: Kim, yeah, Mick little Foley. Kim. Like... God,
2: we're dating ourselves. <laughs> They like that music that all sounds the same. Yep. That's that's the thing they like. That that's exactly audience. it.
1: Uh, got a quick email here from uh, Stephen Zucic, um, who has been in touch with us several times, yes, really, he has. over the last couple of weeks or so. Um, but this actually comes back from the last email he sent when you said he looks like Zack Ryder. Yeah. So, around a few weeks ago when you read out my email, you saw my pick and got a Zack Ryder comparison. I've never had that before. I've been to a few shows in the last two years, being that's around the time I got back into wrestling. Um, so essentially never happened before. We went out to dinner before Extreme Rules in the arena. I was holding the door open for some old woman to head into the restaurant. As they walked through, one turns around to the other and said, he looks like Zack Ryder. Hey, I laugh, and with my friend, he's the guy that always tries to tell me I look like the wrestler with the same initials as me, uh, S Z. Not sure. Sammy is. Zane. Sammy Zane. Nice, I like that. Uh, later in the show, on the other side of him, the guy that was next to him goes. Woo, woo, woo. I just thought it was funny that I get a few times in the past month and never get that comparison, especially since Ryder isn't on TV anymore. Sorry for the nothing email. If you have content to fill, you have content to fill, if nothing else.
2: We always do. Yeah. So there's, a, there's two possible explanations for this. The, the one that uh, the more idiotic mm-hmm. of people would say is that I have put that out into the universe and now the universe is acting towards you. And that we're all actually part of the same psychic energy and we share one hive mind of unconscious. Or it's something called your reticular activating device in your brain, Mm. which when you hear something, you start to notice it more. And maybe people have always been saying Zack Ryder under their breath, but you've never picked up on it. It's like when you learn a word and then all of a sudden everyone's using that word. And you're like, man, I'm really tapped into everyone right now. When really, they've always been using that word. I'm going to pose a different theory. Uh Uh-huh everyone that you encountered
1: is a uh, pledge hammer or a member of the Swaf nation and they obviously recognized you from the email and thought that they would make a comment
2: option c yeah, recognized you from this audio medium that's exactly yeah, yeah. it yes
1: uh edward cohen um hi uh, so you called ed the posty hi luke and ollie love the of Hayes, and thought i would give you my experience in counting a wrestler earlier this year raw came to bournemouth it was great and you should too I lash din- town i didn't have a ticket as i had no one to go with but i was keen to walk around town on the off chance i may meet a wrestler i began walking around the promenade at bournemouth beach a stone's throw from the arena they were at i saw lots of wrestling fans but no wrestlers. Then as I walked up to the clifftop behind the Marriott Hotel, I had people getting very excited. Little did I realise, but I was walking about 15 yards behind Sasha Banks and Titus O'Neil. Wow. He is huge by the way. People were very excited, and the rush of adrenaline washed over me as I considered jogging to say hello, but then I saw Sasha and Titus turning away fans which disappointed me. I then walked away to the, from the hotel, seeing a lot of wrestling fans and getting a buzz, but no actual wrestlers. I began to give up as I did circles of the arena. I then strolled through the gardens, thinking my chance had passed me by, until I saw three teenagers getting very excited and taking photos. I was a bit confused as I saw a man walk away from the teenagers, dressed in a black cap, sunglasses, a black hoodie, and black tracksuit bottoms mm. on a very warm day. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. Uso. An Uso. Incorrect. Ah. It only then dawned it's a raw show. Ah, okay. You idiot. Is it, it Reigns? Yes, it was Roman Reigns okay. in, in his tracky bottoms. Uh, he no, does uh, no. wear tracksuit <laughs> bottoms. It's not Roman Reigns. It only then dawned on me as the man strode towards me, it must be a wrestler. But who? I climbed up at the, and caught his attention. I said, Sammy? And he looked at me And I offered a handshake And confessed how big a fan I was He was lovely He spoke for a good two minutes About what he had done that day How his flight was This was his first show On the European tour And how he was excited for the show He asked if I was coming To which I said I wasn't due to having No one to go with And he encouraged me To attend Regalas Stating that it wasn't sold out Don't say that sort of thing <laughs> um, And he would appreciate and But he would appreciate If it was Bournemouth is not a hotbed For wrestling <laughs> He offered to save me a ticket And took my name To write on the reserve list For the original I Aww. thanked him and I shook his hand for a second time and he thanked me for being a fan I didn't take photos so I guess this is my equivalent and that was my experience Sami Zayn is, legitimate is legitimately lovely and how WWE can book him as a heel offends me thank you for willing. keep up the great consistent content that gets me through my days working as a postman cheers Ed the Postie nice great email
2: Um, so when so what what tour was that
1: the European tour that would be the one last that, year no that would be earlier this year because he uh. we went over to Raw after Wrestlemania didn't he?
2: okay Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, because if it was last October or last November time, that was the tour that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were sent home from. Yes, it was. But they were Smackdown then. Oh, because it was a Raw tour. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know how many times you have to say it's a Raw (laughs) tour. Do you want to quickly hear my only experience ever in Bournemouth? I I do want to hear. I would would love love nothing more. Went to a house party there of a friend when I was a student. And uh, he worked in social care. That was sort of his degree and everyone there was also social care workers all loved the drink we were all having a a fun old time partying and then this guy comes along who's on their course but he's an older guy he's like 35 40 and he is sober he's been sober for many years and he's come back and to like sort of pay it back he he he's working in social care so you can become a social worker Throughout the course of the night, he has his first beer in, like, a decade. And not kidding, we are woken up at five in the morning by his wife, like, running through the house, being like, Where is he? What have you done? Turns out, he took heroin. He, t- Whoa, he took heroin. What? And, and ended up in, in, like, a whorehouse. And then he was arrested. You and are- it's like, you fell hard. <laughs> crikey i know that escalated fast that I was know. literally like that anchorman joke that escalated quickly i don't remember any of that sort of thing <laughs> it was yeah i, I mean i'm I, hopefully he got that elsewhere but uh yeah, big, big times Big, big times, times.
1: Um, I was going to quickly read out an email from James Huntley Who I think is an excellent fan actually I want to give a shout out to James Huntley I think that James is almost on the same level as real Dan's Dan Ooh, in terms But of, he's, like, he
2: doesn't put himself out there as much
1: Maybe it's not I mean he gets in touch with a lot on social media And I really enjoy his emails that he sends through as well And he sent me through an email about um, it, his d d character And uh, he's recently upped his Patreon contributions and things like that
2: But Now he's a good fan But
1: I wanted to quickly instead end off this podcast Podcast. I went to go see Skyscraper last night. Hot damn! I, I forgot did. you did that. So, wrestling related. It's got The Rock in it. Also, video game movie related because not only does it star The Rock, the star of 2005's Doom, it also stars Byron Mann, the star of 1994's Street Fighter, where he played Ryu. It's a video game crossover movie.
2: Who is Byron who? Mann?
1: He was the. He's like the police lieutenant. Oh, um, cool. The one okay. that's in like, the, I truck the thing. truck yeah, thing. He, yeah. He's
2: cool. He's good in it. He is. What did you make of the movie? Loved it, mate. Yeah. Absolutely loved
1: it. It is awesome from start to end. Not a single flaw to be found in that movie. Aside from my one question I had. In the kayfabe world of this movie, what was the Hall of Mirrors for?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's for the end fight
1: no, sequence. No, I, I get that. But in the kayfabe world of the movie... What is it there for? Because the rock, like, the lad is showing him this big sort of hall of mirrors thing. And the rock's walking around and going, like, this is incredible. And I'm like, is it, though, rock?
2: What is it? What is it doing? So, so don't worry, this isn't a spoiler, folks. This is, like, the first five minutes of the movie when rock is toured around this giant, well, like, 122, the 200 The tallest something. building in the world. Yeah, yeah. And at the top the The designer has or the like the owner wants this to be the new attraction, like the top of the Eiffel Tower. he calls it the eighth wonder of the world, yeah, but you're like well it 's already high up enough you don 't need any more gimmicks, so what 's he done he's created a thing that shuts off all the view and he's put cameras everywhere outside, and it sort of does a it makes everything look like you're... You're outside, you're actually, you're outside and you're, you're just wa- floating. Yeah. Floating and it. it's
1: like you're actually walking through heaven. <laughs> yeah. That I get. That is fine. But he's also, before that, he shows like these little mirrors that just sort of come up out of the ground. And as you walk through, you're at like, different sizes and it looks like you're in different places. And I was like, yeah, I don't see what the point of this all is.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's totally... I, I like the idea of fighting in heaven because that really fits with the entire theme of the movie. And it's quite visually spectacular. But don't have the mirror. <laughs> it was My It's own. purely for that little I, twist right, at the end, isn't it? Just <laughs> absolutely, it's all it's there for. And I did pop for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I got fooled by it as well. <laughs> um, so I'm the, I can say it now. I don't think it's it's not a spoiler, but I'm like. Ah, uh, there's no one's falling off the skyscraper. Like I want a few more bad guys to just plummet to their death that that aren't any. You want like a diehard moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with Rick- Alan Rickman. And then at the end I was like, Come on, this this guy's gotta go. This guy's gotta be falling and he gets pushed off and I'm like, Yes, okay, I'm gonna get the C one. But as he gets pushed off, the hand grenade that he'd already armed falls up and it follows him down and it blows him <laughs> up in the air. And I was like you know what? That's better. That's that, that's. You know, I thought I wanted to see someone like hit the ground, but actually I wanted to see someone explode in midair yeah. while falling. Oh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I loved
1: it so much. I had so much fun with it. I walked out and I said to my office, what did you think? And she was
2: like, five star movie. Like- yeah, I mean, it's not. It's... it's- <laughs> <laughs> it's it's forgettable.
3: Oh and, no, oh, it's,
1: you well, forget no, it right away. Absolutely not, I will disagree with that. I am someone who does not do well with heights. I'm terrified of heights. In fact, and there were so many moments during that movie where my stomach churned, oh, yeah, my good. stomach flipped, and I I was like grabbing my wife, being like, Whoa, oh my god, oh dear, this is it's that he's too high. He is far too high up. I don't like this at all. And there's like a couple of moments where he's like, like there's a little mm. fake out slip, and I was like, oh mate, I'm gonna be sick if I keep watching this. It's I loved it. Absolutely awesome. Uh, you looked at your watch then. Yeah, because we've got to go I know. to that World of Sport thing. Absolutely, yeah. We W-O-S. Do- OS. We do have to get out of here, but thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Saturday. James, I will read your email out then because I love Dungeons & Dragons correspondence. And if you are inter- interested in learning a bit more about D&D, Xavier Woods has just posted up a video of him and Ember Moon, an NXT guy who I don't know, and Tyler Breeze playing through the the, the 5e... Strike, um, sort of training session really it's the, it's the one that they give you in the uh, the starters guide and it's and it's wicked it's really fun watching them play they're not very good i don't like but they're, you know it's fun watching them play nonetheless so uh, we'll read that out on saturday and we'll see you then for the magazine show take care i love you goodbye